All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Too busy with the bananas over there. Here we go. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Oilers Nation Radio, episode 238, A Bag Milk here. Rick, Tyler, Dan, Liam on the board. We have got a lot to talk to talk about. The boys have not had a good run over the last handful of games. We'll get to the we'll get to it, but first we gotta give a shout out to our friends at Oodle Noodle. New location opening down in Calgary very soon. Tyler, Dan, and I saw it last weekend. Mm-hmm. Looks great. I guess not this past weekend, the weekend before. Mm-hmm. But it looks great. I'm excited for the people of Calgary to actually have somewhere good to eat. Uh, as we do every week, we start off with a delicious debate for our friends at Oodle Noodle and DoorDash. Tyler, what do you got today? The Oodle Noodle delicious debate. Uh, well, gentlemen, I, I don't know if you're aware, the Oilers are on a three-game losing streak right now. Mm-hmm. Not good. The question is, what's been the most concerning part of this three-game losing streak for the Edmonton Oilers? Who wants to jump in, boys? Okay, I'll, fine, I'll go. I'll... <laughs> Defensive zone coverage. These guys are not playing as a five-man unit defensively inside their own blue line. If you watched last night, there were many a times when two or three guys would drop below the goal line and then they'd have a forward drop in right behind them and get a grade-A chance on net. We're not going to win anything unless the team plays a five-on-five strong defensive zone system. Until then, we're going to go through these ups and downs, these frustrating times, and that is the number one issue right now for us. I was Defense for Rick. S- Dan, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, for me, it's the loss of the ho- high-octane offense. It seemed like for that five-game win streak we had, the the team was just shooting from everywhere and trying to get pucks on the net, and good things were happening. 
And then all of a sudden we get away from that and we're right back where we started the season. How many goals did we score last night? Four goals, Rick. And how many of those goals were caused by our superstars and nobody else putting pucks in there? Yeah, but if we keep the puck out of our own net, we should be able to win... 80% of course, of I didn't. I wasn't taken away from your point. Four Rick, goals, we should be able to win a very good chunk of our games. I wasn't taken away from your point. I'm just saying that this team, for a five-game stretch this year, was firing on all offensive cylinders, and they've stopped doing that since. Does that mean that they've stopped playing their defensive game as well? Yes, but I, I just think that their offense is what's been missing missing from this equation overall. Liam, what do you think? I the penalty kill. Oh, we're going to get there, buddy. I can't it is a it, disaster. I can't believe it got this far. I mean, it's literally losing them hockey games. They What were they last night? They conceded four power play Four goals. or five. Like, it's, it's unacceptable, to be honest. And when you look at it, the only players that are missing from it, uh, I guess the two goalies from last season, and Duncan Keith. Like, it shouldn't have been that big of an adjustment, should it? And I, I would like to say Duncan Keith. Is, I'm going to put this banana down. <laughs> <laughs> Duncan Keith is a way bigger loss than I think we all anticipated. Duncan Keith and Mike Smith are both bigger losses than anybody gave them credit for. I said last year there's a big part of bringing Duncan Keith in that was going to be off the ice. That these guys and putting him with Bouchard. I think he had a really good year. There's too many people that are downplaying him because they're old or whatever. But listen, when it came to moving the puck by Smith. We are missing out on that right now. Our defense, and it shows. And when it comes to that leadership value from Duncan Keith, we are missing that, and it shows. It's definitely an adjustment, and it's no one was brought in to replace Duncan Keith. Like, obviously, Campbell was brought in to replace Smith and Koskinen and whatever. Full but, season of Brett Kulak. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But then you still haven't. The Kulak was here last season as well, right? Like, I think, I almost think they got to play Kulak more. And maybe bring like Nurse and CC down a little bit. My Just counterpoint it, will you know? be that I don't think they're missing Duncan Keith specifically. They're just missing a defenseman. They yeah. need a D-man. Like, again, last year, the seventh spot on this blue line was Chris Russell or geez, Slater Cuckoo. Was he not in the mix at some point last year? I don't remember. But like they, the left side of the defense wasn't good last year, but you had Duncan Keith in that second spot. This year, you have Brett Kulak in that second spot, but you're still missing that third-pairing left D-man. I think you're just, they're one D-man away from being able to field a competent blue line. But does that clean up the PK then? If it's a defense-first defenseman, yes. I think I think it has to be, like a whoever it is. Then that's kind of probably what Ryan Murray should have been, right? Like probably. it should have been like a Chris Russell. To be honest, he, he could have been Chris not. Russell. He is not that. No, he's literally the complete opposite, and that's kind of what you want a seventh defenseman to be, right? Like, where is Chris Russell? I actually Chilling. don't nowhere. know. Is he? Available? We talked about this last night on the live stream with Tyler. Like, there's, he's nowhere. He's is he just, just hanging out on the farm. Yeah, I guess he's just on the farm because he's not playing anywhere. I saw him at Greenland Garden Center when New Orleans were playing LA last season, so he wasn't that busy then. So I can't imagine he's up to much else now. Just not a lot of gardening in the snow in November. No, no, definitely. Well, not. you never, like, you never know what kind of greenhouse he's got in the house, though. No you touche. Know? Mm-hmm. What you saw him at a greenhouse when he was on the ice in LA, like you were watching the game in the greenhouse. No, uh, Greenline Garden Center in Shore Park. Some of our listeners may have heard of it. I was out there shopping for something. I can't remember what the occasion was. And was he injured? He must have been injured. Yeah, he was injured, but I was just walking oh, okay. by and the others were playing in LA that night when you guys were there for the playoffs and he didn't play. And then, yeah, 
I saw him that. Crazy. <laughs> Buying trees instead of watching his boys play in the playoffs. Yeah, whatever he's doing. Tyler, what's your biggest problem so far with this losing streak? I think the D-zone structure is a big concern. I think the penalty kill is obviously a big concern as well. But for me, it's the discipline. Like your penalty kill, your penalty kill can't give up four goals against if you don't go to the box four times in a game. And there's been some bad penalties on our part. Like I'm the first guy to sit there and tell you when a ref is is being trash. We're doing this to ourselves right now. The I can't. I even I can't put them on the refs right now. The Bouchard penalty, the last one last game, cool. terribly dumb. stupid. Can't do that. Okay, the really only question dumb. is, what, are you, what is he supposed to do at that point? When he put it off the shin pads, he has already gone past him. Whether it's going to be a cross-check or an interference or a hold, I think he's taking a penalty there no matter what. I can forgive the interference. I can't yeah, they call it a cross-check, cross- but it's going to be an interference. It's going to be a hold. He's going to try and stop the guy from getting to the puck behind him. Either way... There was going to be a penalty like, there no matter what. I'm fairly he looked like least, a, He looked like a fucking idiot is what he did. He looked dumb. How how big is Bouchard? 6'2". 6'2". 6'2". 6'2". is what he's listed at. So Mantha's what? 6'5"? He had to get his... Like, he's just so such a weird... Like, why did you stick going that at way? Well, he just put his can, hands up, and I do believe that forward kind of grabbed his stuff and fell back with it. Okay. Well done on him. Like, um, yeah. I'm not saying you got to like, oh, power through out. that. It's going to be an obvious penalty anyway, no matter what in that position. Mm. That's just what the call was. But, I mean, you look at the Yamamoto's penalty when you're already down one man. You can't do that. You can't put your stick Period. in that spot. Period. Nope. The Hyman penalty was a result of them getting worked in the D zone for yep. basically three straight minutes oh, yeah. and not being able to break up a cycle. Like, mm-hmm. every penalty, more or less last game, was them just shooting themselves in the foot and over and over and over again. for a couple of games, if not the whole entire yep. season so far. Yeah, I, I just said in the day after reaction video that the refs did the Oilers no favors. But the Oilers certainly made the refs' jobs easy. Like I don't, was, yeah, I don't think was, I, I don't even bring the refs up from last night. This, the Oilers are I doing just think, to themselves. I right just now. think it's a it's a realistic conversation you have to have just because of the sheer amount of penalties that were called one way or the other. Well, you know, I, I get it, but from a perspective of game management, which is what we're told is the way that things go, it didn't happen last night. And again, that's not the reason the Oilers. We lost don't want the game. game management, though, do we? The Oilers lot. The Oilers took four penalties in a span of about seven minutes last night. It's just, yeah. it's unacceptable. And they, just, and and they, they allowed goals on three one. of them. They allowed yeah. goals on three of them. And there no have been what some bad did, bounces on the PK. On, we'll right. admit, there's been some bad bounces. My biggest problem right now with this losing streak is that it goes into kind of all of it. Like, the Oilers would do something to come back into the game last night or at least make it interesting. Like, Kuznetsov, he hadn't scored a goal all year, so of course he's going to fucking get one against the Oilers. That's just how it goes. But then Connor McDavid scores that beauty to pull them back to within one. Ryan McLeod gets an interference against Kuznetsov. They get scored on. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, beautiful play by Zach Hyman. Shorthanded goal immediately after OV scores. Like the Oilers are trying to pull themselves back and the PK is really letting them down. So it's the PK bothers me. The defensive lapses bother me. The fact that they're trying to get too cute by half with the puck while they're struggling. I don't understand. Like last night we were talking to Tyler on the stream. The Oilers were passing up in the first period, that is, because that's when I was on, clear chances to shoot to try and force a pass through that's not there. And I think to Dan's point, that wasn't happening when they were winning. They're going to throw it at the net. They're going to crash and try and pick up some garbage. And that's just not happening right now. They look disjointed. They look like their confidence is gone. And they need something good to happen because last night was the opportunity for that to happen with a team missing half of its roster due to injuries. And the Oilers completely duffed it. 
They played down to the competition again, and that is hugely bothersome for me. Yeah, I mean, bag milk. I was the eternal optimist yesterday on Oilers Nation every day, being like, hey, listen, this Capitals team is banged up. They can't score right now. They're starting their backup. Hammer the puck line. And you were the one on Twitter who was like, I've seen this rodeo. Like, this not my first rodeo. This team's going to blow this hockey game. And I don't understand how they continually just fumble it against bad teams or teams that are in bad spots. Well, that's that's why... That's why my frustration was so high with what I was saying is because you were beating good teams. We won that Pittsburgh Penguin and that Carolina Hurricanes game, and everybody was, you know, taking note of this Edmonton Oilers team all of a sudden. And then you go up against a banged up Washington Capitals team, and they were just fighting to be at even close to being in that game. And they were able to do it somehow right up until the last seconds of the game. But just crazy that they get away from what worked against good teams against a bad team like Washington. Yeah, I'm not calling them a bad team. They have too many guys. Well, that a, can, bad, a banged they have up team. Too many, too many one chance players out there that are still. I think that Ovechkin goal annoys me just because yeah. I don't want him hitting that Gretzky record. So to see him get anything against us, it's frustrating. Yep. And it wasn't even a one timer. Well, it's a great shot. Good. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but if it's a one timer, like oh, okay. But he stopped it. He dusted it off, and then still. I mean, it's, dude's the greatest scorer of the NHL. So I get it, but. It's, just, it, it's frustrating right now, but I'm not getting overly down because I know what this team is. This team knows what they are, and they just need to get back to playing the way they can, and they're not right now. I want to know, if you're listening to this, what's frustrating you most about the Oilers right now? ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Just hit us up. Is it the PK? Is it the defense? Is it the goaltending? Like, again, last night, you probably want Skinner to not allow for but i also don't hang that game on him either the team in front of him was just so poor for for 40 minutes and i guess that's another thing i'll add to the list during this losing streak the oilers have not put together a complete game they've last night i thought they played for about 20 minutes against new jersey they played for about 40 minutes and i don't know why they can't put together a full game when they're struggling but that is near the top of the list for me right now as well anything else boys well, and to that point, Bag Milk, how many games have the Oilers put together this season that you can think off the top of your head that were 100% efforts and you felt like that was their best effort going forward? Well, it's frustrating because like against Nashville, that was a 60-minute game. Yep. The Oilers yep. came in, opening draw, closing buzzer. They dominated that game. And yeah, Campbell wouldn't have a great game, but ultimately the boys got enough offense to get the job done. Last night, not the case. Not the case at all. Uh, since we talked about the... PK being a disaster right now. The Oilers are 30th of 32 teams with a 67.9% success rate on the PK. Tyler, if you're just looking at those numbers, Tyler even there? Oh, there he is. Uh, he blended what, in. what are you seeing in the PK that's going wrong outside of just the goalie not stopping everything? I, I, there's a few things. I think when they get the puck or when they have a chance to make a play, they're too often trying to, do something offensively. This was an issue on a Ryan McLeod goal the other, or Ryan McLeod did this the other game against Dallas when he got the puck and he could have just flipped it out, tried to seam a pass to Dreisaitl instead in his own end. Play turned around, they gave up a goal right after. I think if you're out there killing a penalty, while yes, we all love the two-on-ones that they get and things like that, priority one is killing the penalty, not trying to score a goal. This isn't beer league. 
You're not going out there being like, oh, maybe I can be the hero. Were we losing at the point in the at the Dallas game? It was a one goal game. It was one of the early PK goals. Okay. So not enough yet. Yeah. And the other thing I'm noticing is they're just a little bit too stationary in their own end. Because again, it feels like they're almost standing around just saying, All right, let's just hover around here, save our energy. Cause if we can jump on a puck, bang, we're going the other way. And like you can't. Like it, I just feel like they're all their energy and all their Thinking is not being put towards killing off the penalty. It's going towards, can we turn this around and get a shorthanded goal? And that just can't be how it's ran. I just think, I think it's a bunch of little things and that's one of them there. And I think it's overthinking and I think you're just trying too hard and you're, you're just, instead of just naturally putting yourself in, in the proper spot, they're, they're over, they're overthinking it. And, and I fully admit there's been some, there's been some bad bounces on PK, you know, with the Dallas game, there was that block and it just ended up on the, on, I think it was Jamie Ben's stick. He popped one home. Um, I believe it happened to Chicago a couple of games ago where that puck just ended up on the, on tape stick at the corner of the crease there. Mm-hmm. There have been some bad bounces. There's been some bad play by us. There's been a lack of confidence and some overthinking. It's just a, death by a thousand cuts right now on the PK. Anything on our defensive side of the game right now is just, it's not natural. They're trying too hard. They're overthinking. They're gripping the sticks, sticks too tight. It's just, nothing's working right now. And I don't know exactly. They need like a, just a perfect game to kind of get over it. I just don't know how you, how you find that right now. Head scout, Liam Harobin. What is, uh, sorry, I fucked up your last name. Though. What are you seeing <laughs> on the PK? Uh, I don't know Harobin. if there's, like a ton more to add. It's just kind of like, I, I think the moving thing is a big thing. You can't just stand around and wait for the other team to pass it around you. You've got to make it difficult on the other team to actually make plays, and I don't think that's happening at all. I uh, For Oilers Nation every day today, I looked up the Oilers goaltending percentage, like even strength, and the numbers are unreal. And the penalty kill is just like dampening. It's not like Campbell almost has a 900 save percentage and a 225 goals against average 5-on-5 five five this season. It's pretty respectable considering what he's at and then you look at Stuart Skinner 953 save percentage and 133 so it's not even the goaltending I like you know we come on here and we talk about Campbell all the time and I think he's actually been pretty fine like Dallas wasn't great obviously but like the PK is just like making them look even worse so it's kind of shitty that they don't have a day off today to even look at it like they just got to go into Tampa Bay and Kind of hope for the best Not and maybe just get back enough. to the basics. That just, could be a good thing, too, though, where you don't have time to overthink. You just get thrown back into the into the deep end again. Okay, guys, go figure it out. Like, this is 82-game season. There's nobody here going to help you guys. You might as well go up against one of the best teams in the league and go figure it out. Don't get back. Don't get – nobody wants to get embarrassed, so yeah. figure it out on the ice. This is 100% an issue for the guys with the skates on their feet. Nobody else. I don't want to hear anything about Holland having to make a move. I don't want to hear anything about the coach. Yep. I want to see the guys on the ice go out there and fix it themselves because there's 1,000% on them right now. I think the, the solution is in the locker room, mostly because we have no other choice because we have no money to bring We shouldn't have to, up. though. This team is... But it, you also like should ta- have to Like we talked bit. about you a couple minutes to. ago, like, there's you got $9 a guy million like dollars between three players who are really just doing nothing right now. Yeah, though, yeah. like Yamamoto, yeah. Puyavi, and Fogel have been irrelevant to this team and like not yeah. irrelevant because two of them were actually negatives last night <laughs> true like Yamamoto's a bit I think Yamamoto is kind of a big piece in all of this because he does play penalty kill and we talk about the penalty you talk like yeah. he's got to be better like we always talk about is oh Yamamoto's so good even though he's not scoring because he's like so tenacious he's such like yeah. a great four checker he brings a lot more well quite frankly he's not doing anything right now to make this team better at all and he what what was it he got benched last night right barely like, played 
play like eight minutes. Like this guy is a big reason too why the penalty kill isn't working. He's supposed to be one of our like forwards that brings energy into like penalty kill. And he's just simply not doing that. Well, and you want to talk about D zone structure. Dan, you brought up, you know, the high octane offense going away. I think it's just the result of, again, when McDavid's out there, holy shit, good things are happening. He's on another level. When Dry settles out there for the most part, yep, good things are happening. But as soon as you have one of the guys Rick named on the ice or one of those lines, it's a fucking black hole. I They're will... turning over the puck at a bad time. They're losing it in the offensive zone. They're doing something stupid that kills the momentum. The Fogel, Pugliarvi, McLeod line... Uh, they weren't doing anything positive. I don't think they're doing very much negative either. They were almost doing what you want. You want more out of those guys, but at the very least, you don't want them doing any less. And they were not getting scored on. It was not like they were getting yep. run around in their own zone. They were doing okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where you have to keep that that line. And I get it. The top six needs to be fiddled around there in a bit. And I know that leaves Yamamoto up there. Um, but I... I don't I think that third line the way it was back then was good because it wasn't doing anything negative. And actually, you know what? That that might be one of the best points that's been made on this podcast so far. Out of Fogel, Yamamoto, and Pugliarvi, who's been playing the best this year? Probably Pugliarvi. It's Pugliarvi. I was going to say not the yeah. The and I don't words. love yeah, him. Like, is that you saying probably? Yeah, sure. I was going to say. Well, you mean look at stat you, you look at stat sheets, right? And they're all relatively the same damn thing right now. Yeah. There's been many times where where Yamamoto's had pucks on his stick and just he can't buy a goal right now. Pugliarvi unfortunately gets one or two chances, you know, right from the top of the of the crease. Who the hell's putting it home at that point? You're just too close. Fogel, little dashes here, but you've seen too many negatives out of Fogel, and you've seen unfortunately, especially recently, you've seen too many um, negatives out of Yamamoto. I, I just think the point I was going to make off of yours was Pugliarvi's playing the best, and when he was with Fogel and McLeod, that line was at least keeping their head above water. Yes. And you moved Pugliarvi off that line, and you brought Yamamoto down. Okay, well, at least when Yamamoto was in the top six, the top six was still keeping their head above water. It was still going well. Yamamoto wasn't scoring, but when he was on the ice, good things were largely happening. Maybe that was a tinker. Maybe that was, as much as you don't like rewarding a guy who's not finishing, maybe you need to go back to like you said. Go and keep Yamamoto in the top six. Yeah, it sucks he's not scoring, but at least then you don't have a third line that's a black hole. Yeah, that's the way I do it right now. I know it, it, it feels wrong to put Yamamoto there because, you know, he, everybody says you got to earn it or blah, blah, whatever the hell it is. Um, it's just, I think that's our best spot right now because that third line was, was good and they were getting going. Those guys can move and they had some confidence in the other end. And even if it was just McLeod and, uh, and Fogel that had the confidence and Pugliari was just an addition at the point because I think that's the way it was at the very beginning. Um, it was effective. The thing I that sucks right now for the Oilers is like Yamamoto deservedly got bumped down the lineup. There's nobody that's kind of going the other way that deserves it because I don't really like when Pugliarvi's up with McDavid. I feel like he always has this thing, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I feel like he has this thing where he has to shoot when he's playing with Connor. He has to get into a spot and shoot. And what he ends up doing is just duffing muffins from the top of the circle that goalies are going to stop 99 times out of a hundred. And it doesn't really work out for me, at least when it was Nuge McDavid Hyman, those three kind of know how to work together. Kane, Drysaddle, Yamo, those three kind of know how to work together. And then the third line was also finding ways to work together. I just, 
the line blender that Woodcroft pulled out to try and get something else out of this roster, I understand why he did it, but there's not really good options to move up and down right now when guys are just ice cold. I I think one thing, and I was going to make like exact point, like the one guy who could probably jump into the top six based off performances is Derek Ryan. But right? like, holy shit. Exactly. <laughs> like, you're not doing that. Like, you've almost just got to put one of those three guys in the top six, Poyavi, Fogel, Yamo, and hope for the best. And like the point you made about Yessi, I think he almost just doesn't play quick enough to play with McDavid or he like doesn't think it quick enough. Like he's much better when the tempo's a little bit slower. Say he's next to Dreisaitl, for example, or like he's able to dictate the play a little bit more on the third line. I think that's what benefits him the most. And maybe that's why Yamamoto maybe is better off on the line with McDavid because he plays quickly. Like he thinks the game a little bit quicker than other forwards on this team. And maybe that's, more beneficial but i think also right now what worries me a little bit is the fact they have like this this is it like they can't adjust at the moment it's not like you can just call up a yammark from bakersfield because you literally have to send down two players to make that he's, adjustment he's not gonna come save the day anyway maybe, maybe not he could but ab- i, think, I he, think he could absolutely contribute on the pk i think i think he can contribute in just as much as fogel is right now you know I, I just i the thing that worries me is last season vegas were in this whole sham of like well, we have no players because they would like so up to the cap and then it didn't go well for them. And now we're and not, I don't know if we're, we're obviously not quite there yet, but it's just like, there is no way to change this team at the moment. Like you have to figure this out. And well, right now we're in the toughest stretch of the season. And even after these three games, it gets a whole lot harder with like, what, what do we play the Rangers and like Vegas is in there too. Like basically every single team we play for the next 10 games is a playoff team. The one move I think I'd make, and that's, if you're going to pull Yamamoto and put him down, then I'm putting Holloway up there for no other reason yeah. than I don't want to mess with the third line. And he's the only other guy that can fit in the top six. I think Holloway, with, yep. I, was just, I think sorry, you got if you, you got to give him a try up there. Yeah. Otherwise, you got to send him down because last night, again, he played just over six minutes last night. There's, but you look at his line too, right? That's kind of where he's but the like only my point skilled is he's forward not just to o- play in the top six. Yeah. He he's played six oh five last night. That's a waste of time for him. Well, and or, also he's playing like at least a play behind right now. Uh, he just the guy the guy makes the the right X's and O's plays, but that's not what this team is doing with him right now. And so he's making passes to no one and nowhere. It's killing me to watch him play hockey. But I I was just gonna say for me the thing with the lineup is we just need some freaking consistency. I I really just believe that. Whoever you, whatever combination you want to try, stick with it because this team has shown that they're able to do it in in flourishes. We don't need to change to Drysaddle McDavid. Like it's like eight out of twelve games now this season we've had we've seen Drysaddle McDavid deployed at some point to get us back into the game, and I'm kind of sick and tired of hearing Bob and Jack try to come up with excuses as oh, to I'd, why we're going back to that well again. That'd be I'd use that as a strategy all the time, whether it be after. Um, after uh, commercials or PKs okay, that's different. or something, that's different. I'd be using those guys. But, I'd be putting them together sporadically. But just we're like talking about Jay Woodcroft. We're talking about Jay throwing the lines into the blender and saying, "Dry settle and McDavid, you're together, and we're going to try some other shit together." That's we can't keep doing that. Here, here's what I would roll with tonight. This is my. Uh, I'm in. I gave Jay this scenario on uh, Oilers Nation every day. I said, "Freaky Friday style. You are inside Jay Woodcroft's body." Um, Am I a child actor or an NHL coach? 
Who knows? <laughs> I would go McDavid. I'd give Holloway a chance with McDavid tonight. What and else do you have to lose? Holloway, McDavid, Hyman. Boom. Yeah. Top line. Kane on his off wing with Dreisaitl and Nuge. Boom. Done. Second line. McLeod back with Pugliarvi and Fogel. Boom. Done. Third line. Devin Shore, Derek Ryan, Kyler Yamamoto is your fourth line. I'd have 11 and 7. That's it. That's my He thought about that a long time. Uh, Bring on is, a it, is, it, is it bad to say, like, Fogel or Yamo, you're out? Like, what have they truly done to earn a spot? Like, you send a bit of a message being well, like, which you one are you pulling out? Probably Fogel. That giveaway line, though. Are you at all worried about that third line being messed with now? Not if you just not if the way he played last night, like that giveaway along the boards on Ryan's on Strom's goal to lead it off was just like that was just horrific. Okay, hold on, because they I get that was a bad giveaway. There's there's one or two other options there, but again. Where were anybody he was supposed to pass the puck to? Yeah, the defense. McLeod was at half. He could have flipped it up to him. So you grew up in the lowest level of hockey knowing if you have the yes. puck, you better not be the last oh. man back. <laughs> I thought you were just saying I grew up in the lowest <laughs> level of hockey. I was like, yes, correct. <laughs> Next. Off the, boards the, the man carrying the puck should not be the last man in, in the zone. Yep, We've fair. known that since I was five or six. You're up, Jack. You sucked ass. <laughs> <laughs> he had an easy play off the boards. I, Nobody I, there. I get it. He shouldn't be dangling when he's the last man off the boards and out. Sure, but like you go, you basic. can't you can't leave your you can't leave one guy to get the puck out by all by himself like that. You need we need to come up as a five. But that's man what happened. So and there's the too many guys out. that are hanging out on the other side of the center line while the defensemen still have the puck around the hash marks. Sure, I'm not going to blame everybody else for Warren Fogle's shitty mistake. Off the boards and out. Respect the blue lines. He did not. He but he's got no other man. options. You can't say that the the, the rest what of his team are just skated away from him. Off the boards and out. Off the boards and out is an option. So we'll just give the puck away. Uh, better than what happened. Right? It's better <laughs> than what happened, happened, but you can't sit there and say, Not this is what I want the team to do. I think that goal just shows the, the, the what were we talking about, the five-man unit not playing together? Like, yeah, they need perfect, to play as a tight five-man unit. It's a perfect example, and I think Fogel is just a case of a player with no confidence in the moment. A thousand percent. The only, <laughs> like, honestly, percent. the only player that's like, if like Holloway made that mistake, you'd be like, oh, rookie mistake. Not you, but just anyone. And then <laughs> it's like Fogel, and it's like, man, you we play you three whatever million. You don't score any goals. You don't get any assists. Does he even kill penalties? No, he's killed two minutes of penalties. He doesn't kill penalties. And then you're giving up the first goal of the game to Connor McDavid's good friend on his 500th game. (laughs) Outrageous (laughs) performance. Bench him. Here's the Canadian way, just being nice. But that's three players making about $9 million who are all spinning their tires. We talked about the the depth this team has coming into the season. And they have five forwards who are producing right now. Like I, the the stat sheet is those five forwards, then it's uh, what is it Nurse and Barry, and then literally everybody else is like three points. Yeah. Oh, so oh we're looking I at mean, it. Three like, points, and we're giving up our whole shitload in our own end too. Yeah, I. You know what? People were saying like the bottom six isn't a big deal, like on Twitter and stuff, because the top six plays so much. And sure, like obviously the top six needs to produce. But also, Stanley Cup teams have everybody producing. Like, you need contributions from other people on the line. And I, th- I just think there's got to be something. But I, you can't sit there and look at this team and go, that's not an NHL player. That's They're legit no, I, yeah, all players. They they're are. just playing like under, they're underachieving. <laughs> they are underachieving right now. Everybody else on the top five forwards and maybe a defenseman dollars. or two are underachieving. You can't have $9 million worth of players being outscored by Derek Ryan. <laughs> 
And to think people wanted Derek I mean, Ryan do. down this year. Ay, ay, ay. Looking at those three players, we got Pooley is the only one with a goal as a deflection against St. Louis a couple of weeks back. And then Yamo's got zero. Warren Fogel's got zero. What do those three specifically need to do to get going? A lucky goal. I'll, I'll, I'll say like, Yamo. Go ahead, Regno. Yamo for sure. Like the snake bite is real on Yamamoto, right? He just looks like a guy who needs one to bank in off his ass. Just and then as soon as that happens, I guarantee he's gonna go out and score either that game or the next he pops two. Or the next one. You know what I mean? That's the kind of player he is. He desperately needs it. What about the other two, Pugliarvi and Vogel? For me, like, I mean, Pugliarvi's generally doing some things that are okay. I think he's going to the right areas. He's almost the same as Yamamoto, where when he starts to score, it'll come. For Fogel hit someone, do something, make a positive impact elsewhere, and maybe you'll start to build up some good juju, some good karma. Like, I don't know, hit people. Like, you're a big dude. Four-check hard and hit guys, and maybe you'll start getting more zone time in the offensive side of things, and then that will probably lead to more goals, I've had to guess. You'd hope so. Create a little chaos. Yeah, like create chaos. And eliminate the negatives. Eliminate the negatives. The two biggest plays from Fogel this year were the turnover against Washington and when he made a suicide pass to Dylan Holloway. I, still, <laughs> I don't like that call. <laughs> He's uh, like, what is he doing that AHL players can't do at the moment? Like, honestly. Make $2.75 million. <laughs> yeah. I just, Sorry, he's just so, like, oh, I, I, like, we talked about the, like, I, I don't know. He's just, what is he? Earning? He can be he's a part of a good cycle, anything. Liam. What was that? Yep. He could be a part of a good cycle. Uh, well, he can so be, could I. But he has a bike. I think that that's what he just needs to keep doing. I don't I don't expect much out of Warren Fogel myself. I think that we're fooling ourselves if we think we're going to get Carolina Fogel. Um it's just not happening here. And then you guys nailed it with with Jesse and Yamo. I just think keep putting rubber on the damn net. With Jesse, he just needs to stop trying to whale the puck at the net. Like just shoot the puck at the net. And in, instead of these muffins that are going four feet wide or over the net kind of thing. When was the last time like, Fogel scored a goal? Because he didn't score in the playoffs, right? 2002? So be... Fogel goal draft? Did you say 2002? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it even took me a second to realize that what he said. Wait a second, what? His uh, last goal was April 16th against Vegas. Oh, so he just needs a Vegas game. All was it in Vegas? Um, no, it was in Edmonton. Ah. We've got Vegas in Edmonton next Saturday. There you go. There you go. So we've got to get Perfect. through four more games until we potentially maybe get a Warren Fogel goal. Fogel That's goal. Goal. Fogel goal. Uh, for me, if I'm thinking about Jesse Pugliarvi specifically, I just, I'd, he's so big. I'd love for him to do a little bit more of like what Zach Hyman does in the sense that Hyman is always right in front of the crease, always. And pucks just end up finding him there. He bangs home garbage or like last night, puck came into came to him, turns around, sets up Leon for a tap in. I would love Yessa to get more in that zone rather than floating up high and trying to maintain a defensive posture or something. I just he would do himself a world of good with that big frame if he parked himself in net. Take some hint, take some take some hints from Ryan Smith. Stand in front yes. of the net. Perfect that deflection. He is impossible to move if he doesn't want to be moved. He exactly. is ginormous. Yeah. Stand there. You're gonna take you're gonna take a couple of shots, but you're gonna draw some penalties. 
it's going to be uncomfortable. You're not going to want to be there. Guys are going to hack you, but I promise you, like Rick said, you're going to take, you're going to draw some penalties. You're going to score some garbage. There's pucks that are just going to straight up bank in off you. That that, that's what he needs. He needs confidence. He needs confidence and he needs to start getting on the stat sheet in order to do so. And that anybody I know. else on anybody else on Yamo, Fogel, Huliarvi, and what they can do to actually get going here? Dude, like a couple games ago, Yamo was doing almost everything he wanted. He was getting in there. He's getting his chances. He just couldn't buy anything. Something just has to go in for these guys, and they got to keep playing on their toes and going to the net. And eventually, something's gonna go in for you. And you eliminate Yamo, the negatives. That. With Yamo, I buy that entirely. He the snake bite is real. The other two, I'm just not quite as convinced. This might have been a different conversation if Demko didn't rob Pugliavi in the first game of the season. You think? Maybe. Well, he'd at least have two goals. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Two is better than one. Uh, looking at another thing that... Uh, I'll give a shout out to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance first. Cornerstoneins.ca. They've got all of the insurance products you could ever hope for. Car, auto, anything you need. Cornerstoneins.ca. Get a claim going right on the website. Get a quote right on the website. Everything you need right there. Cornerstoneins.ca. They insure the Alfa Romeo. They insure the nation truck. They are fine, fine folks over at Cornerstone Insurance. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Another position on the ice that has drawn a lot of attention. Obviously what's going on in net. Last night, it's gotten so bad in net for the Oilers right now. Well, and I, I don't want to say it that way, but you know what I mean. That last night, people in the B cast were shitting on Jack Campbell for the loss to Washington, even though he didn't even play. So my question for you guys is we've got Tampa Bay tonight. We know Campbell's getting that start, second half of back-to-back. But then we've got Carolina on Thursday, another matinee in Florida on Saturday. How are you guys finishing up the week with the goaltending? Uh, if Campbell or does it plays, depend on what happens tonight? Campbell's yeah, Campbell's got to play tonight for sure. Yeah, like Campbell plays tonight, and if he plays well, he gets Thursday. That's how I'd do it. Rick, what do you think? Yeah, I, 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 uh, I think it's got to go game by game. It's, uh, I still think it's the guys in front of him 
and then a little bit of the goaltending. Like, I mean, Campbell came out and roasted himself there the other day where I can't argue too much if he thinks he's playing pathetic or whatever like that. I, all right, if that's your own, uh, your own estimation of your game right now, that's where it is. But we're not allowing, we're not, we're giving up too many good high scoring chances. And you can't do that, period. You can give up all the shots you want in the world if they're outside the, you know, the key or whatever you want. But we're not. We're allowing guys into the middle and getting fucking good shots off. And until that goes away, I don't think you can even mention your goaltenders. Although if they start doing things like uh, the Campbell stop there from the shot from the blue line, maybe that's something, but that was one play. So, Dan, how are you looking at the goaltending for the rest of the week? Yeah, I'm just in the platoon mode still myself, unless something crazy happens today or tomorrow between the two of them. Um, I don't know. I, I'm with Rick in saying that the, I just feel like the team hasn't played a good enough game in front of these guys to really say it's their fault that they're losing the games. Um, I also don't feel like they've really won us any games. Maybe Stuart more, the Stuart Skinner more than uh, Jack Campbell, obviously. But I, I would just keep platooning, keep going back and forth. Liam, what do you got? How are you splitting the goaltending up? I ride the hot hand like they should have probably been doing for the last few games anyway. They had a hot hand, though. Uh, Skinner was hot, right? When, when he played every second game. I just, I, it's kind of like the forward lineup, too. You just want to see a bit more consistency within the team. And I think the more you play Campbell, the better it's hopefully going to be. And just, they've got to get familiar with him. He's got to get familiar with them. And I would play him tonight. And then if he wins, I would play him against Carolina. And if he beats Carolina, I would play him against Florida. I just want to remind everybody, go back to uh, 2006, when we first picked up Roley, he did not look hot off the hop. He was terrible. It was not a good start. And there was a lot of doubt that he was going to be the, the goaltender we needed. But once he found his game, we know what happened there. I think Jack Campbell's still trying to find his game. And when he does, I think we'll be okay. For me, I think I, I have to go game by game right now because... I don't think, I mean, Stuart Skinner started off hot as a pistol. I think he kind of quieted down a little bit and that's fine. It's to be expected for a guy his age and you just kind of keep going at 960 all year. Yeah. keep going at a 960 all year. Believe. <laughs> so I think even on Thursday, what I would do depends on what happens tonight. I'm kind of with Liam that if Jack Campbell steps in, plays really well against the Tampa Bay lightning, I go right back to him on Thursday. If he doesn't, I'm going back to Skinner on Thursday, and we're just going to rotate until we find somebody who can stop some pucks. Tyler, last word on the goaltending. No, actually, I'm, I'm with you. If Campbell's going to get on a heater, I think you got to ride him and let him get out of uh, this little slump here. So if he plays well tonight, I'm, I'm actually going to go all the way and agree with Liam. Plays well tonight, you play him Thursday. Plays well Thursday, you play him Saturday, and let him see if he can get on a bit of a run. Uh, our friends at Twig and Berries, they have got a all the gear you need for winter, including the ODR collection. The hoodie's real nice. Mm-hmm. You can get some nutsack undies if you need to upgrade what's going on under your clothes. I recommend those. They're very, very nice as well. Go to twigandberries.ca, use the promo code NATION15, get 15% off your order. If you're out in St. Albert's, go check out in store. Try the stuff on. Touch it. See how warm it feels. Mm. promise you, twigandberries.ca, you will not regret it. Uh, we talked about Campbell sewering himself after the game against Dallas. I just want everybody's take on having a guy, I mean... He really threw himself under the bus, and then he drove it over himself at least a time or two. So I just want everybody's take on on having a goaltender just really kind of 
I don't know. Like, I, I thought he was really hard on himself. Like, he hasn't been great, but at the same time, calling himself pathetic and all that stuff. I was like, okay, man. Like, got a got a little positive self talk and probably do some do some good there. No, anybody? I found it interesting. Nick Alberga, our friend from Leafs Nation, uh, he quote tweeted that thing with Campbell calling himself pathetic, and he said, "This act is getting stale." And I guess that would be something that goes back to his time in Toronto that Campbell was always kind of hard on himself. And I get the impression from Leafs fans that it was by the end of Campbell's tenure there seen as him just always trying to paint himself as like a victim almost, like in a very empathetic light. Um, It's the exact opposite of what we'd get from Mike Smith. So I would say it's not stale for Oilers fans. It's almost refreshing to see a guy be like, listen, I suck. I'm the reason we're losing. I got to be better. It's tough. I don't really like hearing him say that. I want a goaltender who has confidence. Um, I know some people didn't like the way Mike Smith uh, acted, but I I did. I thought that uh, even when... It's just having confidence in yourself. So I don't mind the goaltender saying, you know what, I'm not perfect, blah, 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 something along those lines, but I'm not... I'm not into the whole feel sorry for me or the woe me or the... I want to see some... Some pushback. I want to see some fire out of him. I believe in the type of player that Mike Smith was more than I do the way that uh, Campbell is portraying right now. Liam, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, you probably don't want to hear your starting goaltender call himself pathetic, but he's got to be better at the end of the day. And he, as long as he's aware of it, obviously, I mean, you can't go on that kind of run and think, Oh, that wasn't bad. Like he's got to be, <laughs> got to be better than what he is. I think it's probably, you know, Dryside all said it last night too, though. Right. Like he said, like, we've got to stop conceding so many goals. We've got to stop conceding the first goal of the game. And I think shitty that Campbell had to come out and say that. Um, but yeah, like just, he's got to perform now too. Dan. Ah, hey, I like the candidness and whether you portray yourself as Jack does right now, where he's, you know, being honest and and saying that he recognizes his effort or his lack thereof, or if you're Mike Smith and you just are angry at everybody else all the time, I don't know. Like, I I wonder what the player behind the cameras is like. Uh, you wonder if that is a, you know, a sad kind of feeling that he just has and it's going to snowball and continue for him or what, but uh i i don't mind i like seeing the you know the personality of players come out and if it is a victim complex thing so be it but uh you know i mean for for nick alberga and all of the leaf fans i'm sure that they said nothing that jack campbell has already said himself that has not already been said by leaf fans so i i just i you know it is what it is i just hope that the player behind the comments is is okay and uh continues to be a, a good goalie for us going forward see and i, I think I got... it was before the game last night they they i saw some of the chris pronger yeah that's what and i was gonna bring up so how he would have affected how he would have thought about that and he was very much against having a goalie say that he said it was awful. He's like, if I'm a defenseman, I have no confidence of the goaltender shitting on himself. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Shitting on himself like that in the media. He's like, if what if that's what he's saying in the media, what is he saying in the room? Exactly. See, yeah. and for me, if my goalie said that, I'd be like, God damn it, I'm going to play even harder for you because I hate seeing you sad. Oh, look how nice he is. So, I mean, I right? Think like, it, Pronger just, can say that, but Pronger's yeah. not one of the demon in the room, so... To be fair, I don't I like give a how shit. we I like how we turn to Pronger for some things, but then when Pronger talks about 
the rest of life, we don't listen to the fucking clown. But anyways, I mean, listen, uh, man, yeah. he's a Hall of Famer. The dude's played had a huge career in the NHL, and he runs the a travel won, company. What's that? And he runs a travel company. Well, whatever he does now is whatever he does now. But at least he has the experience of the game in the room, where it's something that yep. I sure as hell don't. I just I know that Chris Pronger isn't on this team, so I don't really care about what his. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Done. <laughs> there is a lot of anger from 06 in there. I think. Oh, hey, no, I'm the one that I'm the one that's ready to forgive Chris Bronger more than most. But, but for this. I, I just think that I just think that Chris Bronger, you know, is that guy. And it, that would be like us asking Mike Smith what he thinks about Jack Campbell saying it. It's like, OK, that's I would like to know is. what Mike Smith says. <laughs> and then we would love to I'd love to hear what Jack has to say about how Mike Smith handled himself, too. I, I just found it interesting. The reason I asked I was going to bring up the Chris Pronger thing is I just found it interesting that a guy who, you know, he's a cup winner, kind of been everywhere, seen everything, that that was his take on it. Obviously, yep. that's one person's opinion on on that. And he's kind of an older school guy. He's not a, uh, a young player like we have in the NHL now. So I just thought it was interesting that he just says, I don't want my goaltender talking like that in the media. It doesn't make me feel good inside. See, and it reminds me of something. I remember when I was playing when I was younger, we got scored and I had my head down because I was upset. Coach benched me for the rest of the game. The whole game? Yeah. I think we're in the third period, something like that. And I really wasn't a – me and this Three coach seconds didn't get along go, all that well. I was but, yeah, it was like you need to have that proper body language. Everyone used to shit on Darnell Nurse – or, sorry, uh, Leon Drysaddle before because they thought he had bad body language. Yeah. Oh, he's moping. Oh, he's doing this, that, and the other thing. And look what he is. Like, it's – that means something, man. And if you're the last line of defense and you've – got this whoa me or you're just not fully confident in yourself i want a guy who's confident in himself even if he gave up seven fucking goals i guarantee yeah, I you when we were winning all those cups grant fear was not shitting on himself because he gave up fucking five goals he said yeah. let me stop the next one let me stop the next one <laughs> that's because he'd give up five goals he'd win eight five okay but eventually he had to stop the last one right yeah I, I'm kind of with Rick a little bit too, where he doesn't give me it doesn't give me a ton of confidence. No, right it now scares me. Me neither. It's, it's a little bit scary. It's quite yeah. I want a guy who wants to be in the middle of a fight. Yeah, and I think we all knew he was we were going to ride the waves of him throughout the year, but I was expecting it more on the ice. To and be fair, to in the media. To be fair, people did comes. rip on Mike Smith for um, being honest in the media around. If you guys remember around Ben. Uh, when Ben was introduced to the team, he saw Smith and Smith made a joke about you shouldn't be close to me because people will start crapping on you too, kind of but, stuff. And we didn't like that either. So yeah, it's well, you're know. damned if you do, damned if you don't. In the media, exactly. I yeah, no, yeah. That's, and that's, I'm not, I'm not, it's not contradiction. You guys are saying that was hey, he made a Listen, joke and people don't like him. So they spin it as long as badly on. as possible. I'm, I, I'm just saying I understand the media perspective, the media element of it, just because, like I said, with the same thing with Mike Smith, we did we jumped on him. Some people jumped on him for a comment that he made to the media. All I know is I hope that Jack Campbell is a better night. Whatever it takes <laughs> for him to start turning his season around, even his own personal thoughts around, if he yeah, can go and say, you know what, I'm going to have a damn good game today. And that's just what he repeats to himself as a mantra for the next three, four hours. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I just don't want to see him doing bus, that all the time. And just media, mumbling like, himself on the bus on the way to the game. I'm going to have a damn good game. I'm going to have a damn good. It's a goalie thing, right? Goalies are like pitchers. They're all voodoo. No, they're all weirdos. So if that's what it takes for him to turn this around, then so be it. I don't care. I will buy him one of those stuffed animals that he flips inside, whether he's happy or <laughs> yeah. outside of <laughs> his sack. <laughs> yeah. If that's what he needs. And then all of a sudden, instead of sewering himself in the media, he just flips his little octopus around to the sad purple and puts it on the table. And everybody goes, ah. We get it. Jack's upset right now. We don't need to poke the bear. Whatever we need. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Uh, Tyler, you got any word association for us today? Oh, you know it. You think I'm going to come do this show without having our best segment prepped? <laughs> well, excellent. Our friends at Canada Snowboard will be very excited to hear it. Experience a world-class mashup of snowboarding and style right here in Edmonton. Heightened fan experience grants you front row seats to watch the best snowboarders on earth go head-to-head in the largest stadium. Big air contest Canada has ever seen. It is brought to you by Toyota and our friends at Explore Edmonton. Go get your tickets at Ticketmaster. What do you got for word association today, Tyler? All right. Uh, here's the order today. We're going to go with the two guys on Zoom. So we're going to go Bag Milk, then Dan. And then we're going to go Liam, then Rick. Because you went first last time. Yep. Yeah, so we'll flip it. Bag Milk, Dan, Liam, Rick. Here we go. I think I got six of these bad boys loaded up. Sorry, five. No, six. <laughs> Off to a hot start. <laughs> the first one, the penalty kill. Bag Milk. Atrocious. Horror awful. Oh, is it me? Yeah. <laughs> Pathetic. Disappointing. Vomit. Mm. Uh, the snow. Oh, I'm first. Uh, <laughs> dump. Delightful. Cold. Inconvenient. Either one. Expected. This is Edmonton. Yeah. Expected. It's November. We knew we were getting it. Uh, the Calgary Flames losing streak, bag milk. Silver lining? Convenient. Nice. Entertaining. Helpful. Mm. <laughs> Keeping us in front of them in the standings. Our latest nation gear drop, bag milk. Sexy. Fire. Cool. Beautiful. Drippy. Oh, Ah, a good one. Uh, uh, you may need to go consult a doctor. Yes, and uh, it was only five. I don't know how to count. Uh, when you see Yesa Pugliarvi trending on Twitter. Annoying. Meh. Zach. <laughs> that one actually wins, but I'm avoiding. Spec. There you go. There you go. We covered all our bases there, Liam. Good job. Um, all right, there you go. That is Word Association for this week's episode. I actually think that was one of our better executed ones. Good job, everybody. <laughs> yes. We only excellent. forgot the order two out of five times. Yeah. Our friends at Canada Snowboard are going to be thrilled on that one, for sure. Go get your tickets to the event December 10th at Commonwealth Pickermaster. You got them there. Me and Tyler are going. You should go, too. Mm. All right, on Oilers Nation every day earlier in the week, you guys had Ryan Holt from the Bakersfield Condors on the show. Gave a couple of updates on some of the prospects that are playing down in Bakersfield right now. And since we're talking about potential call-ups already, I'd just like to know how some of our blue chip guys are doing. Tyler, Liam, what did Ryan Holt have to say? He was he was really impressed with Xavier Borgo. That's good. And mm-hmm. he was impressed with Carter Savoy. Mm-hmm. So that was good. A couple of young guys who were very early in their pro careers seemed to be adapting rather quickly. He also, Liam, and this was surprising to me, he gave some love to Clem Costin. Yeah, he's, he basically just said the stat sheet doesn't show how good he's been, so basically ignore anything I have said on this show the last two weeks, apparently, because he's been pretty good. He does look quick. He looks very quick, but he's not ready to jump into this lineup right now by any means, I don't think. That's okay. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. That's I fine. Mean, he's just doing exactly what Samarukov was going to do for us anyway, so what does it really matter? And he so, also uh, was asked for who's been his biggest surprise so far this season. And he said Michael Kesselring. Yeah, he said That's that good. Keith Gretzky said before the season started that Kesselring would be the guy to look for him right now. Did he say he's leading the AHL in defensive scoring? At least Bakersfield, one yeah. or two. 
So that's pretty good. But again, that kind of works into the Samarukov trade where now Kessel Ring is able to kind of step up and you have this new prospect where it's like, okay, we know what Samarukov kind of was and now Kessel Ring gets uh, the, the minutes to play that he was missing out on last season. Lefty or righty? He's righty, isn't he? Don't know. Apparently he fights. That's nice. He fights and he has points and his name is Kessel Ring. Kessel Ring is a right-handed defenseman, Rick. Yeah, that's a good good one. 22 years old. Five goals and an assist, six points in nine games. So... That's that's um, nice that he said that about Savoy because he's only been back for two games, maybe four three, games, and he's got four, two, two goals. goals. Well, this just kind of loops me back to this kind of loops me back to Dylan Holloway and why he should be with the Condors. Like you're talking about a Xavier Borgo, you're talking about Clem Costin as guys who are making an impact down there. I would love to have Dylan Holloway find some chemistry with Xavier Borgo. You just got to hang out till we get to L.A. Once we go play in L.A., he can stick around there for a bit. We'll swap him off the bus and bring on Bugsy Malone or something like that. And I honestly think I'd like to bring up Brad Malone because I think he helps the, the PK a bit, and that's obviously one of the things yes. we have an issue with right now. So, yeah, I, I see Holloway, if he doesn't really get going here, I could see them leaving him behind in, in L.A. for a bit and just figuring it out uh, mathematically what he have, have to do to bring someone else up. So... If that was the case, Rick, the Oilers finish up the road trip on Saturday in Florida, then they fly home. They've got three days off, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then they play at Rogers Place against Los Angeles next Wednesday. Do we have any thoughts on Seth Griffith? His name is Seth. Mm -hmm. Griffith. 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 Mm-hmm. I would have assumed Griffin. it was Griffin. I think it's Griffith, right? It is yeah, Griffith. It is. You're right. Yeah. So um, can't be he's a tweener. Guy. He's a quad A player. He's not going to make an impact. But I just wonder if Brad Malone is making a bigger impact in Bakersfield with the young guys. You can't think like that. Why if not? If he's going to help your NHL team, you got to bring him here. Why yeah, and I just think that like, like right now the PK is sucking so bad that having Brad Malone, like he's a guy who can help there. He's not going to play a lot of minutes. If he plays four or five minutes a night, nobody's going to care, including Brad Malone. I'm sure we still Mises. have a couple. I mean, Slater Cuckoo's down there, right? There's got to be some. There's got to be a couple guys down there that can play that father type of role. That, that's kind of my point. Is that's what uh, Ryan Holt was telling us yesterday is that the leadership he kind of brings to Bakersfield. But if he's going to come up here and play eight minutes, then he's got to come up here. If he's going to pl- come up here and eat popcorn for free up on the top, then go back to uh, Baco. But I, 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 right at this exact point, um, I believe he could probably come up here and play eight minutes. I'd rather have Yamok. You can't. I would too. I know that's I the thing. Too, but I like can't, you can't do can. with the math. Like I would have Yanmark up here right now, but like, how do you do it with the math? You, you send, send down Holloway. Holloway and plus what? Which makes you wonder why did they sign him? Yeah, because they well they signed him early, and I don't I think know. they expected a lot of these guys to be around at at the end. But like, this is something new. Like everyone's right up to the, against the cap, right? So the way the summers work are, are different than they were last year, which is different than previous and previous and so on and so on. Mm. Uh, they're learning as they go right now. And sometimes if you if you hang out to the last second, it pays off. And we've seen it not pay off as well with our goaltending uh, replacements in the last couple of years. So it's, it's you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And we've gotten the bottom end of the stick so far. I wonder if, call me crazy. Crazy. Jason DeMarcus. <laughs> Oh. Like, is he not better than? Is he better or worse than Ryan Murray? Probably not. He's I honestly don't even really want right? to find out. Is he like, is he equal to Ryan Murray? But is he like yeah, more defensive equal. minded than Ryan Murray? Oh, I guess maybe. that's kind of my point. Is what if you just 
have him in the team instead of Ryan Murray because you don't the Oilers don't need help going forward. They need it from but, stopping the guys scoring on the penalty. But kill do they or need whatever. it out of the defenseman or do they need it out of the uh, the they need the forwards to play better defensively? And the I guy and the defenseman is the and and the, and the defenseman that five man unit in our own end needs to be better. Period. Yeah, I think that's step one. And then, and I think, I think, right I, now, I think the most could be an option. Potentially the, the players, the, the, the names on the roster right now are better than they're playing right now. They're yeah. underachieving. That's the, uh, that's at the end of the day, it's what it is. They're underachieving and it has to be fixed by the guys in the, in the dressing room. That's it. The only, the only reason I disagree with you, Rick, is I don't know that Ryan Murray is underachieving. I just think that's Ryan. Okay. Murray. But even Ryan Murray is a six, seven defenseman. If we, can't be worried too much about six seven defensemen we got to be worried about playing that proper style to the point where if he does make a mistake it's not that big of a deal but I'm gonna, ryan murray played DeMurray's 15 right. minutes last night i'm gonna worry about a guy playing 15 minutes yeah, okay no that's fair but i mean because they he played 15 minutes because they took they they brought nemo out right yep so but i mean I, ryan, I, I, I don't know if i can sit there and, and circle ryan murray as the culprit to any of the goals outside your fifth, of his own. Then he's your fifth defenseman. Stick. When when you take out Nima Line and now he's your fifth defenseman. Well, like I like Liam, you made the point earlier, and it was a great point. Stanley Cup championship teams don't have problems with their depth. We just have problems in November, with their, I bet you our they do. lineup right now. In November, a lot lineup. more do than that. Didn't like, St. Louis, guys that didn't are playing St. Louis every win the day cup after being in last place? Oh, no, man, you can't use, like, the <laughs> one-in-a-century example. No, I'm just telling you, there's guys, and I'm sure... Leicester City won the Premier League, too. I'm not betting on him again. Five, six, seven defense, where there's issues there, too. I Sometimes I do feel like we're too close to this team, and we expect a perfect roster, and they they look at this team and look at that team, and we watch, you know, all the highlights on TSN and and whatever someone's put up on Twitter, but there are downfalls to every roster out there, even when we even when it looks like... But like nobody's some, saying who, that, who that they're that they're can't. Sorry, who on Colorado got benched last year? They're just one of their defensemen. Ryan Murray. Oh, Ryan Murray. Whoops. <laughs> 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 I just Rick, like I just think that you're like I understand what you're saying that we're too close, but nobody here is expecting perfection. We're just expecting not to have the black holes that Tyler has mentioned on the ice when the third line goes out there, there. The or guy, the penalty kill the goes play. out there. I don't think we have a black hole player. We have team play back black holes, but that's amongst. The guys. We they, have black more than parts of our lineup at. right now. The mm-hmm. sixth defenseman in our team is non-existent. Like we, I don't think any one of us can comfortably say we have a sixth defenseman in mind to start for the playoffs right now. Carson that's, Susi that's is what I have in mind. Chris Russell. There, Carson Susi. Good for you. Chris I just think not that on a I roster just, in the like, NHL right now. He can't be better unless thir- unless like thirty-two GMs are wrong. Yeah, I that was, I'm not, that was I'm more not confi- just a, I'm not confident in the defensive group. I'm not confident in our forwards either. So like there's some problems that have to be I'm fixed in the problem the real the bottom six forwards are still a worry for me. I will retract some of what I've said about Derek Ryan in the last episode. I watched nope. him quite heavily since then, so uh, I will take that back. But I just I don't See, know. This is I, all I just defensive think hockey issues. to me right now. This is our whole issue right now is defensive hockey and PK falls into defensive hockey. Can you also take back what you said about Devin's score, please? No, I won't do it. I've been watching him well, and I can't do it. Sorry, Liam. He's been he's, really he's good the last couple games. Unbelievable. No, not seeing it. Derek been. Ryan, I absolutely am. I'll take the good with the bad with Derek. But Devin's score, no, Dang sorry. Uh, Devin Shore, one assist in 12 games. 
66.7% in the face-off circle in the limited number of face-offs he's taken. Well, I like how Liam puts his hand up like, I knew that. Come on, Dan. Why didn't you know that? <laughs> I there's There's guys, no matter where you're pointing at in the lineup right now, I think, outside of a select number 97. of players that need to be better. But they can be, and they yeah, should they can. be. I yeah, just Yamo, Yamo, Pugliarvi, Fogel, all three of you, fingers pointed, be better. And that's offensively, the whole and damn team in our own end. I would say and defensively. And well, that goes for everybody, you know? I, I, I just, there's, if the top six guys and the ones that you're thinking of are the ones I'm talking about, if they start to slow down and the depth scorers cannot pick up that slack, we are in trouble. Welcome to 2020. Well, and every year. You know, that's that, where we, we've seen it before. We thought you had decent depth scoring and it was not, not to be found. But I believe they do have decent depth Right score, now, I know I agree with going. you. But I think but previous, we'd be back to where we were a couple of years ago. And I just, I don't think that's what this team is right now. I do believe that they can score more than they are. I do believe they can play a much better team game in their own end. They just have to want to and go out and do it. But we talk you about want... Sorry, go ahead, Bag Milk. No, I was just going to say, if you want a snapshot of the psychology of some Oilers fans right now, last night on the B-Cast, I had A, people blaming Jack Campbell for the loss last night. He didn't play. Understandable. Uh, a lot of trade Bouchards last night because of that penalty towards Smart. the end of the game. Uh, there was a, There was some fire <laughs> Woodcrofts in the B-Cast last sure, night. Not? Like We are coming unhinged right now. Jay blamed Jack Campbell for the loss today on Oilers Nation every day for like a two-minute stretch. He you know, he was going on about how he was like, I watched that game last night, and why don't we play better in front of Campbell? <laughs> and I waited till he was done, and I was like, Skinner started. <laughs> I appreciate the way you allowed him to keep just hanging it's, himself even further and further and further. Well, I mean, it he is a still a fair question. Hole and he starts to bury himself. <laughs> <laughs> he, was just, he just had a separate thought about how we don't play well in front of Campbell. That's all. <laughs> he watched how we played in front of Skinner. All right, let's preview the game. Let's wrap this podcast up. Tampa Bay tonight. As far as a second half of back-to-back set goes, this is not an easy one for the Edmonton Oilers to try and get off or to get out of this losing streak. Tyler, starting with you, what do the Oilers have to do tonight if they want to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning and get back in the win column? Can't give up shorthanded goals if you don't go to the box. Stay out of the box. That's my key to the game. Liam? Um, I've already answered this question once and I can't remember what I said. You said just better penalty kill. Oh yeah, just be better penalty kill. Uh, just just be better defensively. Just overall, Jack Campbell, check that glove, make sure that netting's all good and then we'll just go from there and take it shift by shift. Let's do it. Yamamoto, Fogel, and Yessi goal tonight. Oh, oh. Oh, What's boy. that payout? <laughs> that That's, parlay uh, would million. be spicy. Uh, real quick, just since Liam brought, him up, brought it up. Did that shot from the point go through Campbell's glove or did he just miss it? No, when he kind of flung his hand back and fell out, it did not go through his glove. Did he show a picture of the hole in his glove? No, it showed like the webbing on his glove and it wasn't like super duper confined. But if one, I didn't think a puck could fit through there. Two, if there was an issue, he would have had that thing tied up in a second. Sure. That thing went. I would have. So hard it went off of his glove. He didn't. It was went through into the webbing, flipped his hand back, and came out of his glove. Uh, parlaying Fogel going. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tyler. Parlaying Fogel, Yamamoto, and Pugliarvi together would pay one hundred and forty to one. Woo! The wow. Liam Ding Dong special. 
<laughs> Liam, if that hits tonight, I'm buying you lunch when I see you next. Thank How's you. That? With your winnings. Uh, I'll take a look at the menu. $6 cheeseburger. Dan, did that go through the glove or no? Well, I would argue that by nature of Rick's description, that did go through the glove. It's just that Campbell was not strong enough to hold it in there. Drink would that not milk. be a fair statement? No, it goes yeah. into the webbing and then fires his hand back and comes out of the webbing the exact same way. You got hit by the through recoil. The... Mm. Tyler, did that go through the glove? I honestly, I don't know. I'm so torn. I can't tell you. I think there is a chance, yes, but I agree with your point of if it did, he would have gone straight to the bench and gotten his other glove. Yeah, you got something tied up there. Yeah. He stabbed at it, and it just, I, I, I don't know exactly how to explain it. Get me a glove and a puck, and then maybe I can do a little bit better. But uh, it went into the webbing, fired his hand back, and came went out of the webbing. I, uh, that's what I think happened too. Like, I think of it kind of like almost like he snow coned it in baseball. Yeah. But then it didn't, you know, it didn't. No, he didn't get into, into the pit of the webbing. It hit off the top part of the webbing and it just, yeah, just, it was so hard that it pushed his hand back and he did this little weird stabbing thing at it though. Like it wasn't a regular type of catch or even a regular type of save. I don't know. He just did this weird stabbing action at it. It was no good. Rick, how are they going to beat the lightning tonight? You got to. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You got to play a five-man system in your own end, period. You do that, the offense will take care of itself. We've seen it a billion times. Take care of your own end. I like that all of our answers are following what our issues were (laughs) as to why this team is struggling through three games. And mine is going to be, uh, you got to be able to beat Vasilevsky, so you got to put at least 35 shots on that guy. 
he's starting tonight. I haven't checked dailyfaceoff.com. Yeah, he's likely, yes. Okay. Uh, and just for me, I'm going to say the Oilers need to simplify. And that goes back to a lot of stuff, like Dan said, that we've covered already. Going back to the Warren Fogle giveaway. Have some support down low. Give him more options than just chipping it off the boards. Don't pass up chances to shoot in the offensive zone to try and force a pass through bodies. It's not going to work. Tampa Bay is going to turn it the other way. Fire pucks on net. Crash the net. Crash the crease. Get greasy. Get in Vasilevsky's face. Get in his kitchen as much as humanly possible because he's not going to give you an easy night. Oilers have to play simple. Play stupid. North-south, whatever you want to call it. I think they'll be okay if they can do that. But it's not going to be easy. Wrap it up with a score prediction. Rick, you're first. 5-3 Edmonton. Tyler? Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Look at the look on him. Uh, <laughs> he speaks that uh, Is this the scene from Liar Liar when he can't tell a lie? God. Five two Oilers. Yes. There you go, Dan. Three nothing Tampa. Fucking Dan. Well, just <laughs> end the podcast. Um, well, I already said three Oilers were going to score, and I said on Oilers Nation every day that Drysaddle was going to score. That's four. And I also said the over would hit, so I'll go with four three Oilers. There we go. I am also betting on the over today. I am going five two Oilers Whoa. with an empty netter. Power play goal? Huh? Bag milk not this picking a four to win? Wow. That's because I bet the over. <laughs> the first? I was trying to figure out how to bet the over. And, and still get also a 4-2 win. Four two <laughs> but it just doesn't work out. So. Can't do it. Yeah, my math my math kind of broke my brain there. So Bet the Oilers <laughs> on the over. I'm sure that'll get them four goals. Okay. Oilers on the over, 4-2 win. <laughs> All right. Last question that I've got for you before we wrap it up. What makes a successful start tonight for Jack Campbell? Like, What's a successful start tonight for Jack Campbell? Three or less goals. You say he has to win. So there you there you yeah. go. Three or less goals from Tyler. Dan, what do you say? Yes. The goals against. Three goals against. That's it. Liam. I just just be solid. Like I can, I don't care if you concede goals if long as they're like good goals. Just I don't know. Just be just play well. Just make like, it I, worth it. sounds it. so easy to say. Just like stop the shots you're supposed to stop, and I'll <laughs> be better. fine with that. It's, it's the same thing we've seen all season. Like all the goals that he's conceded actually are pretty good goals. Like except for the one Dallas one. I like except how you for say the conceded. Very soccer. What's the word you're supposed nice. to use? Uh, give up. Give, give up. up. Now conceded much better. <laughs> Never Conceded's give good. up, Jack Campbell. Nike. Tyler, what is three goals? That's it. Yeah, I'm gonna say. You know what? I'm going to bring it down to two. I need two Ooh. goals or less from you, Jack. It's not going to be easy. You're facing a damn good team, but ultimately, I believe in you. There you go. We're going to wrap it up. Well, this Nation Radio episode two, whatever I said off the jump. I want to thank our friends at DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, Cornerstone Insurance, Twig and Berries, Canada Snowboard. Big game tonight. We've got a tough schedule on the horizon. Tampa Bay tonight, Carolina Thursday, Florida on Saturday, and that wraps up the week. So we've got an intense week for the Edmonton Oilers. Thank you for listening. Please download, subscribe, leave your reviews. Let us know how we're doing. That's Oilers Nation Radio. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram.